Hello, um, my name is Sarah Ajala Emanuel. I'm an evangelist of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm coming to you with the Living Word, which is um, my teaching and preaching ministry, uh, particularly for the for the purposes of confronting gross error in what is seen and known as the as Christianity in Africa, the African Church, and the African Christian. There is a major problem, um, and has been for for quite a while, and um, it, it would appear that a lot of uh, true Christians, faithful Christians, are not being faithful enough to the call, and um, we have let this fester, and it continues to grow, the, the, the evil church that has penetrated that continent, the delusion that has um, pervaded in what can be loosely termed as Christendom. I don't think I'll be exaggerating if I say that the highest majority of professing Christians who are Africans, African professing Christians, are deluded and unsaved and cannot even tell you what it means to be saved or why they are Christians. Now the Bible tells us that we should always be ready, you know, in season, out of season, to give an answer to anyone who asks us the reason for the faith we profess but many cannot even do this a lot of them are in for the ride they're in because of false promises they're in worshipping a false Jesus they're in uh, having heard and responded to a false gospel a false gospel that promises them health, wealth, prosperity and uh, a better lifestyle here on earth and this is not the message of the gospel. There is only one gospel, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the message that tells us that we are born sinners. We are enemies of God because of our sinful nature. And we have all walked apart from God and are deserving of judgment. And we are deserving of judgment in hell for all eternity. But the good news about it, because the, the word gospel means good news, the good news is the very same God, the Almighty, the only God, who has promised, who tells us we're sinners and has promised eternal judgment and condemnation for all the all those who disbelieve, all the disobedient, all the sinful, is the same God and Father of uh, who has offered us His grace, His pardon, through His only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he has offered us a way he has offered us a way out of his own judgment because of his loving kindness and mercy. God is a loving God and a compassionate God. And he does care for us. He created us in his own image and likeness. We walked apart from him, we strayed. The human race strayed from God. And we have this we have the opportunity now to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. There is no other way to salvation. There is no other name given unto man by whom we can be saved. Only Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. But we cannot receive the forgiveness that comes from that, that comes from Christ Jesus, his atonement on the cross at Calvary, where he gave himself as the propitiation for our sins. Because there is nothing we can give in exchange for our souls and for our sins. There is nothing we can appease God with. We're too sinful, we're too vile, we're too evil. And we are blind and deaf and dumb to the truth, blind to God. There is no way we could be reconciled to God. We are all deserving of eternal damnation. 
but God is merciful. We can receive that forgiveness if we will turn to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not one of those preachers who make the sort of appeal whereby they're saying Jesus is, is crying and begging you to come over and, and pleading with you. He's not pleading with any of us. We need to be pleading, pleading to, to him to receive us. People say, I received Jesus. We don't receive Jesus. We received the... <laughs> no, or accepted, sorry. I accepted Jesus. We don't accept him. There's nothing to be accepted in us. There's nothing for us to accept. We cannot accept the most holy one. He accepts us. We receive him because he offers us the grace and he already has gone to the cross of Calvary. He's already paid the price for our sins. So we don't do the accepting. We do the receiving. He does the accepting. Now what I've found with the African church, and now there's error everywhere. There's error everywhere. There's false teachers everywhere. There's false teaching everywhere. There are cults disguised as churches everywhere in the world. But unfortunately, um, in Africa, it seems to have taken a terrible, terrible upside. And I do believe this, is, uh, this has a lot to do with the fact that um, people have been quiet. You know, the saints who are supposed to be in the know have been quiet for so long and people just accept anything and everything that comes along. Today, what I see is any fool just picks up a Bible and claims he's been called of God and begins to teach nonsense. And all they are doing is gathering people after themselves. They're gathering disciples after themselves. They are cults. Most of the so-called churches in, across Africa are cults not churches that belong to God. Christ is not the center of, the, of, of those places. He is not the focus point. He is not Lord. Well, the mouth it. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. They teach people the right slogans to say, but there is no substance to it because their lives do not reflect Christ. Not even the leaders. Now, the problem starts with the so-called leaders who set up this cults <laughs> I can't think of any other name to call them really I mean in a lot of situations they're nothing more than social clubs really however these men and women come along and set up this uh, the, the cult or their business to be more realistic and say they are they've been called of God they have a calling they call themselves prophets they call themselves apostles they call themselves bishops they call themselves pastors they call themselves any title that takes their fancy really <clears throat> And they embark on the assault on the human soul. Souls that the Lord Jesus paid for. So now I'm going to start a series uh, of, of teachings. With every bit of biblical reference, we need to go back down to basics. We need to go back down to the scriptures to see what we are doing to know whether we are working rightly. And the series, I'm going to call this series, Am I in the Right Church? It is a question every professing African Christian ought to ask themselves, and not just Africans, to be quite honestly, because everything and all biblical references I'm going to be using throughout, and everything I'm going to be saying, really, um, will be relevant to every believer anywhere in the world, because like I said, false teachers and uh, false prophets and false churches exist across the world. So everything has been common, but I will be giving a lot of examples from what I see happening in the African uh, Christianity, shall we say, the African Christ, professing African Christians, because the person claims they're a Christian does not mean they are, you know, but 
people can profess to be anything they want on whatever they choose. That's not a problem. You know, people use words lightly. Fair enough. You can say you are a Christian, but the Lord knows those who are his. That's the thing. God is not mocked. So he knows those who belong to him. The Lord Jesus knows those who are in him. So um, that uh, a person attends church regularly and pays tithes and offerings and sows every kind of seed towards greed, of course. I mean, all these ridiculous seeds that have been demanded left, right and center only done because uh, are demanded because uh, people are being offered falsehood, being offered a better life now here in the world, being offered wealth and health and prosperity and uh, wonderful things, good marriages and all sorts of things like that. You know, um, but true Christianity does not even offer us any of this. True Christianity doesn't promise us anything. The only real solid promise we have in true Christianity is we will be persecuted. The Bible makes clear that everyone, not just some, everyone who lives for Christ Jesus in this present age will face persecution. The Bible tells us to prepare ourselves for suffering, for hardships because of our faith in Christ. So where we have all these false ministers, and this is really is, is a problem with that has come from the charismatic movement, from the word of faith uh, preachers, you know, uh, prosperity preachers, uh, and they call it the prosperity gospel, but it really is no gospel. It's an insult to the word gospel because there's no truth in it, and gospel means good news. It's bad news, really, for people who follow those lines of teaching because they're heretic, they're false, they're evil, they're, they're, they're demonic teachings in every ramification, you know. So really, there's nothing of bad news, if anything, because people who follow such false teachers do not have salvation. They are not Christians because their leaders are not Christians. It doesn't matter how many uh, qualifications they claim they have in theology or what lofty titles they've given themselves because they do tend to give themselves a lot of titles. The, you know, uh, they're all doctors, they're called they're some PhD holders. Most of them didn't even study that far, but never mind all that. But they give themselves all sorts of uh, lofty titles and uh, 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 interesting, fancy um, titles. They, they They love to be uh, the, to receive accolade, they love to be honored, they love to be exalted, they actually exalt themselves, they demand respect from their followers. That is why I said they are cults, not churches. So to, today I'm going to uh, introduce the subject that we're going to be dealing with. Am I in the right church? There are a lot of questions we need to ask and answer from the scriptures. Now, uh, the problem of false teachers, false prophets, it was prophets in the past, but today some still claim they're prophets and they're apostles. Of course, we do not have prophets and apostles today because their ministry ministry was um, for a specific reason. God appointed them for a specific purpose, and they have done that, and that was to bring Christianity, introduce Christianity to the world, introduce the faith, and to deliver to us the word of God, which we know today as the New Testament. And the Old Testament prophets, they deliver the, you know, they also were the ones God used to deliver the Old Testament. So we got the office of prophets were people who spoke directly from God. These people spoke with God. Now those people who call themselves prophets just come up with a lot of nonsense that they call prophecy. They are false, a lot of falsehood. So, and, and apostles as well. The apostles were there for a specific purpose. They were specially gifted men 
you know, for a specific time, for a specific purpose. They did their work. They completed their work. They did a fantastic job because because of them, we have got the New Testament now for the church today. And uh, that leads and guides us and tells us which way to go and how to live for Christ and how to be who we were redeemed to be. So we, uh, but the problem of this false ministers, now I'm going to use the, 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 the word instead, for servants is that the thing is it's it's a problem it's an age-old problem it's always been there wherever there's been truth there's been falsehood coming from satan imitating it and i'll look very quickly we'll look in jeremiah chapter 23 of jeremiah in the old testament when god was sending the prophet to the people of israel who had forsaking God as they always did their relationship with with God was quite a traumatic experience you know uh, they, they they had the fullness of the presence of the most high God they were the only ones who truly really knew God to whom God had made all the promises and all the covenants and revealed himself and done so much for them but they could not keep up with God <laughs> so um, in Jeremiah 23 uh, I'll take it from verse 30 to 32 De- therefore declares the Lord I am against the prophets who steal from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord. I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare, the Lord declares. Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. This is exactly where we are again today. We have all sorts of people, as I said, with all kinds of interesting titles, claiming they're from God, claiming they're servants of Christ, claiming they're ministers of God, claiming they have a special anointing. It's funny, you see, because every false teacher has got a very fascinating tale to tell you about about how God uh, their encounters with God, personal encounters with God, they go as ridiculously as to say they've been to heaven and back and all sorts of things like that. They always have a very, very interesting story to tell you to back themselves up because they do not, they are not in the truth because they do not know Christ. I mean, you know, any discerning believer can pick out their lies immediately, but not many people can, which is a tragedy. And this is why we have to rise up against this falsehood. They do not benefit the people with everything they say, all the promises they make, all the things they claim they've heard from God are lies generally, teachings that are not in the Bible and nothing but lies. Special revelations they claim and they give the people. They are special revelations. They've had a special meeting with God. God appeared to them in the bedroom today. God appeared to me in the shower yesterday. And God said to me, and God, it's a lie. If it's not in line with scripture, if it is not in scripture, God isn't telling us anything new. We do not need anything new. All that we need, we have in the scriptures. It is there that, the, you know, in Christ Jesus we have been given everything we need for godliness. Now we're called to be godly people. We are God's own people. The church is the church, is a collection of people belonging to God. So, and we have in the word, in the written word that you and I have got access to, we have every resource we need. We, are, we have been made complete in Christ. We are not lacking anything. We're not lacking anything. So the slave master attitude of uh, Christians or professing, I must keep emphasizing that professing Christians who follow and uh, their leaders and swear their allegiance to their pastor or general overseer or 
bishop or whatever they address them, they always address them as papa or father or daddy. This is also false. It's also false, it's unbiblical, and it is disobedient to God. All these men and women who usurp the place of Christ in the lives of those they entice into their followership, they are evil. And we're going to look into all these problems everywhere because they do not benefit the people because people cannot be saved. I don't see how one can be saved under false teaching. I do not see how anyone can be saved not having heard the true gospel of Christ. Prosperity preaching will save nobody. Miracle offers will save nobody. Healing offers will save nobody. Physical healing will save nobody. Putting all your money into church, uh, into the so-called church coffers will save nobody. Sowing all your seeds, all you have and all you own as seeds because pastor said so will save nobody. The only way to salvation is to acknowledge and receive the true gospel of Christ which says that you are a sinner destined for hell, destined for judgment. We don't hear a lot of about hell today. We've got the softly, softly approach to the gospel. There's nothing softly, softly about it because that destiny was long decided when, you know, Adam and Eve um, disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden for the, at, at the very start. And so they determine the, the destiny of every human being. But God in his infinite loving kindness and mercy has given us now, provided for us, propitiation for our sins, inasmuch as we are willing to admit that God is true, let God be true and every man a liar, that God is true, that we are sinners, and there is no other way of salvation except through Jesus Christ and his atonement on the cross at Calvary. That the death he died, he died for me. The blood he shed availed for me. The body he gave, he gave on my behalf as the spotless Lamb of God. There is nothing I personally have to offer God. Nothing I can give to God to atone for my sins. So unless we know that and admit that and then cry out to Christ that Lord Jesus save me. Lord Jesus I believe you died for me. And I repent of my sins. There can be no forgiveness without repentance. And repentance means a change of mind. A complete turnaround. From the life we lived when we were sinners. A complete change of mind. You know, that I, I do not want to live that way anymore, Lord. Save me. Make me yours. Show me the way to go. And at that time, at that time, we are taken out of ourselves in that God forgives us and he imputes unto us the righteousness of Christ. Because he imputed unto Christ on the cross our sins. My sins your sins and so now God says us righteousness and he gives us the new birth the regeneration we are we are now a new creation and we begin to live for God now we got to touch into we're going to go deep more deeper into or deeper into everything pertaining to our rebirth and regeneration and the life of God the life of Christ how we ought to live as believers but like I said I'm still introducing the subject we need to see the what, what you know what's the reason that I've decided to embark on this particular series. One, I have a ministry uh, for, to to Africa, the African Christianity, and um, it was a ministry that, that was um, 
I was called to so many so many years ago, but um, for some time I did nothing about it. I thank God I'm, I've retraced my steps because I certainly have suffered for my disobedience for a while. But um, it, it is so important because we to do this it controversially may sad. I don't see why it should be controversial really because we are going to be working with with the written word, the Holy Scriptures. But it will be controversial because, unfortunately, I found that people, many, many of the professing African Christians have a ridiculous level of loyalty to their leaders, false leaders, mind you, that um, they will attack anyone who opposes their leaders and their false teachings. But that doesn't bother me. That's not an issue. <laughs> they can do that. I'm used to that. It has to be done. Otherwise, I'm not doing, any, I'm not doing something right, you know. But the main thing here is that God's glory, God's glory is being usurped by the charlatans, envoys of Satan, who claim to be servants of God, who claim to be ministers for Christ, as ministers of Christ. They are not. God is not glorified in their falsehood. They are showing another Jesus. They are preaching another gospel that is no gospel at all. The Bible warns us severally about these things. That these things will come, these falsehoods will happen. But people are not paying attention. So we need to bring glory to God. I am determined to bring glory to God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This is the reason we're here. This is the reason we've been saved. The scriptures warn us that Satan will penetrate into the church by various means. But these have been largely ignored. All the warnings we have in the Bible pertaining to uh, Satan and his falsehood and you know, all the evil he's going to do is penetration into the church through false servants and false teachers. Have been, uh, they've been largely ignored. People are loving what the false teachers are offering them. People are, lo- are just loving all the lies and deception that they are being offered. You know, and the, the words of God to us, the words of Christ our Savior even, who said we should watch out for false prophets and false teachers. He said, by their fruit you shall know them. What fruit are these people were producing? Fruits, fruits of arrogance, of, of uh, opulence, because <laughs> they're making stupendous amounts of money out of the people. They're making a meal of their followers. They're making a meal of their followers. They, they are fleecing the sheep. The Lord's instruction to the leaders of the church is to feed the sheep. But we've got them, men and women, living in opulence. I mean, all their teachings and all their lies and all, all their trickery, all their trickery, I, I must say, have been stolen from the American ones. That's where all this problem started in the first place, ages ago. In, uh, sometime in 18... Um, something by a man called Phineas Quimby. I do believe, yeah, he's seen as the great-grandfather of the, of the Word of Faith movement. All this falsehood has come from there. And our people are loving it. They're loving it. Rather than, you know, learning the truth and searching out the truth and staying in the truth and abiding in the truth. Listen, Christians are not called to follow Christ so that we can have a better life here. Yes, our lives will be better here, 
when we are in Christ because we, are, we will be citizens of, of the kingdom of God. And so we live above this world. By saying we live above this world is not saying that, um, um, you know, uh, living the kingdom life, the kind of way this prosperity preachers t- talk about it, that you've got to have opulence, you've got to have wealth, you've got to be in perpetually good health. That's not what I'm saying. We live above the world in that we live for God. Christ lives in us. We've got the Holy Spirit of God in us. He's in us and he's with us and he guides us and he leads us in how we live. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in us is the presence of the Father and the Son in us. Because our Lord Jesus Christ said it very clearly in John chapter 14. He said, um, if you love me, you will obey my teachings. My Father will love you and we will come and make our home with you. So we have the fullness of Christ in us. So we live above this world. And so life here will be better in that regard because we don't panic about things people panic about. We do not indulge in the things that people indulge in that give them sorrow and misery. We used to be like that once. We all wallowed in ignorance. But now we are light because we have the light of God. So we're different and our lives are different. And things are different. And that's how we're supposed to live. We, we, we live differently. God meets all our needs. We do not live in anxiety as to what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Jesus Christ our Lord made it all clear in, in Matthew chapter 6. If you read from verse 30, uh, 25 to 33. He says there. The pagans worry about things like that as sustenance. But these are the very things that false teachers entice people with. Into their false ministries. But we have been called out of that. We live for God. Our lives are so different. We have peace. The world is searching for peace. We have joy. The world is always searching for happiness. But we have much more than that. We see things from the viewpoint of God. Because we have discernment. Because we belong to God now. Our our outlook is different. We are not afraid. We have overcome sin and death. We have choices. We can live above sin. And sin is what makes people miserable. But we have been called above that. We've got the power to, to live above the temptations that face us daily. We have the resource to. Because the Holy Spirit of God is in us. So we are very special people. A people belonging to God. But is this what you see in the Africans? A lot of them are anxious people. Discontent. Worried. Afraid. Nervous. Restless very restless people yet they claim they are Christians they are devoid of peace they are lacking in joy they are weak and because of their weakness they they have not got the power of God in them they believe they need to run to their leader who has special powers to deliver them and special anointing to deliver them what are you talking about every faithful believer is anointed of God anointing is the empowerment of God in the, but by the Holy Spirit for us to stand up, to testify to, the, to who our God is, to Christ Jesus, to the greatness of God, to proclaim the word of God, to declare the truth of God. That's what the anointing is. It's not a special power that one man or one woman has to slap people about and knock you, on your, knock you off your feet in the name of slaying you in the spirit. Or oh, there's foreign things to the holy word. There's nothing called slaying in the spirit. If anything, it's demonic. There's so much cultism going on in what is called and referred to as Christianity. And people need to wake up. 
Why am I doing this series? Because God must be glorified. Because Jesus Christ our Savior must be glorified. Because men's souls must be rescued. People are perishing. People are perishing because of their lack of knowledge of God. Because of their unbelief. Because of their bondage to these evil people. The way of truth has been and is daily being maligned by false teachers. That the perishing world falsely see these people as servants of the Lord and as the church. It isn't every gathering of people that is the church belonging to Christ. No. No. Any number of people can gather anywhere at any time if their purpose is not, if for one thing, if the leader is not called of God. You know, pastoring isn't something you just decide to do one day. Because you've not been had, you haven't had much success in in, in your business or, or or in your career, which is what I see with a lot of these Africans, and then we got those who are just outright rogues anyway. You know, they just see that there's a lot of money to be made in the church, and so they jumped on the bandwagon. Not sent of God because they're not sent of God. All they have to offer you are false messages, teachings from the pits of hell. Yes, teachings from demons. That's what they've got to offer because God has, not offered, uh, God has not called them. And so they do not have the anointing of God. They do not have the truth. They are not even in Christ. Just because they've got many Bibles and they, call out and they, they cry out Jesus all the minute and talk about in Jesus. I mean, they never speak about, the, about Jesus Christ the Lord. They just bandy the name Jesus about. Many people are called Jesus. But there is only one Christ Jesus. Who saves and delivers. Who is Lord of all. They sit. As the the emperors. Or kings of their own empires. Which they call their church. And every person. Who comes in there. Every follower is nothing but a victim. We are called to a victorious life. Let's see quickly what uh, Peter said. In 2 Peter 2 verse 2. Talking about. I'll take it from one actually. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up, that their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. These men are evil. And women, for a start, it is a false thing to have a woman head in a church. Immediately, that is a falsehood. Because the Bible makes it very clear. Yes, we have got ministries that the Lord calls us to. Yes, we all have the Holy Spirit of God. Well, faithful believers, that is. I have a ministry as an evangelist. But I do not preside over a church. I proclaim the word of God anywhere and everywhere, but I do not stand on the pulpit inside the church and preside over. It is not done. It is not acceptable. God has his rule for each person. And we will do well to obey. But that's the thing, you see. Faithful servants do obey. So when you find people walking in disobedience like that, they are not serving the Lord. They are serving themselves. So Peter said, you know, he said, there will be false teachers among you as there were false prophets in the past. Why didn't he say there will be false prophets among you? Because the era of the prophets is past. We do not have prophets today. 
many argue about that and we disagree, but you can disagree all you want. God's word will not change and God is not going to bend over backwards for any one of us. God is not going to yield to our whims and caprices just because that's what we want and that's what we want to do. He does not care. So, so there will be false teachers among you and they will secretly introduce destructive heresies. I said the what they preach is of no benefit to anyone. They are destructive. They alienate you from God. They alienate you from the real Christ, from the real Savior. Servants of God, true servants of God, are duty-bound to proclaim, uphold, and defend the word of God. That is the only truth that saves. And this is why I'm embarking on this series. And it will be good if you could join me and share it with as many as you can. I'm still introducing the subject. There is a lot to say. There is a lot of ground to cover. Let's see very quickly what Jude says in Jude 3 to 4. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Now you may think they don't deny Jesus, they proclaim Jesus. But as we go into the series, deeper into the series, you will see that they do deny Jesus. They do not belong to him. And they blaspheme him. They blaspheme God the Father, they blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit. The message of Jesus Christ is purposed to save souls. But now we have those false gospels and false messages and a false Jesus has been proclaimed from many so-called pulpits and we are warned against that. In Galatians 3 verses 3 to 5 you'll see and verses 6 to 9. You know, we are warned against all that. It's not as if we've been dropped in at the deep end and we don't know what we're doing. We are supposed to know what we're doing. We are asked to be sober, to be alert, to, to be discerning. We are called to this because of this falsehood that is going to come. How we, we've gotten to the place where every biblical counsel is being ignored and falsehood has, take, has gained so much ground is beyond me. Let's look very quickly at Galatians 3, 3 to 5. Um, where are we? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Now, the Galatian church, they had a problem then. They had believed. They were true believers. But all of a sudden, some false teachers had gone in their midst telling them they needed to work for their salvation. And they needed to observe this and observe certain rituals, which is part of uh, the Judaizers, really, part of the Judaism practice. They had to do this, otherwise they weren't saved. They wouldn't be saved. And... Paul wrote to them saying, what's wrong with you? You started with the Holy Spirit by believing. Now you think it's by works. And this is what the false teachers today do. You have to sow this seed. You have to give this to God. You have to do that. You, have to, you don't have to do a thing. Jesus Christ our Lord did all we need to do. All that was needed to be done for our salvation. We do not do anything. We serve Christ now because we have been saved. We do not serve Christ in order to be saved. We do not serve the Lord in order to be saved. We serve the Lord because we have been saved. And then um, also he continued. Consider Abraham from verse 6. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. 
Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God will justify the Gentiles by faith, that's us who are not Jews, and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Faith in the atoning work of Christ. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he alone can save me. And he already has paid the price for my sins. That is what saves us. It is not the amount of money or seed you sow, seed or faith, seed of this. Stop it. There is a lot to cover. Because you see, all the things that you're told to do, do not leave. They do not lead to salvation. And sadly, people who follow false teachers cannot, they're not saved. They can be saved if they will forsake their ways. And that is why I'm asking you and I'm asking me and I'm asking you to ask yourself, am I in the right church? Because unless you are in the place, the church of God is a called up people. We're going to explore that in the next bit of our introduction. We're not, well, uh, I guess I've introduced it. We are then going to embark on the full um, series it's going to, it'll take a while because there's a lot of ground to cover. There's so much error that's already penetrated that people are walking in. Suffice to say, every saint is called to stewardship. And we'll give account of our service to God. We have a duty to call our brothers back from error. And this is precisely what I am doing. Is to call you back from error because I care for you. To call you back from the way of untruth. And demonic teachings because I love you with the love of Christ. Every faithful believer, when we once we are regenerated, we share the love of God. We have the love of God in us. We see life from the perspective of God. We see ourselves from the viewpoint of God. We see the world from the viewpoint of God. And if God saw all that and gave his only begotten son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to leave his glory in heaven, God the Son came down and lived for 33 years as a man, he came down and left his dwelling and lived amongst us as a man to bring us salvation. If you turn your back on that, because you are loving what liars and imposters are telling you, because you prefer it to the word of God to, that calls you to holiness and righteousness, then what are your options? We cannot impose salvation on ourselves. And once we disobey the gospel of Christ, whosoever does that is lost and lost forever. So Father, we ask that as we embark on this series, O Lord, of words or teachings that will glorify you, we ask, O Lord, that you open our hearts, open our minds to understanding. Give us deeper understanding of your word, Father. We pray for discernment. We pray, Father, for wisdom, for knowledge, and for understanding. We pray, Father, that your word may find root in every heart that hears these messages through this series, Father. Empower me to speak from you. Speak through me, O Lord our God. Words of life and grace. That your people may hear. Turn to Christ Jesus and be saved. We ask this, O Lord. Prepare every heart for every word that shall be spoken to your, to your glory. In Jesus' name. My name is Sarah Jala Emanuel. I'm an evangelist of the Lord Jesus Christ. My YouTube channel is Living Word. Uh, the, uh, the Living Word. Yes, <laughs> it's the living word. And, and my name is Sarah Jala Emanuel, as I said. Um, I have um, on that channel, I have several sermons that help to bre uh, build you up in your walk with the Lord and re give revelation, uh, well, exposition of the truth of God, explanations of it and understanding, simple understanding of the word of God that we may obey and follow and be of excellent service to God. 
Until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you.